welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired. And we've been missing you for the last couple of weeks as I have been traveling and down in Haiti at our Half Faith Haiti Orphanage, which has been a little bit hairy, I have to say. Conditions in Haiti are, are ever worsening. And there was a big piece in The New Yorker uh, just a few days back that a lot of people read and I have heard from, and unfortunately, you know, it takes a piece in the New Yorker or an essay in the New York Times or something in the LA Times, or, and then people start paying attention, but it's what's going on there has been going on, what they wrote in the New Yorker, it's been going on every day for the people who live there. Uh, they don't wait for articles to come out and trying to endure kidnappings and gangs and violence and extreme poverty and lack of government and no police is an ongoing event. And so um, to that end, there's a sort of loose connection with today's podcast, not having to do with Haiti, but having to do with something that I learned from the Haitian children. So Lisa Goitsch, who is my friend and producer, uh, is alongside as always. And I was just telling Lisa Hello. Uh, that I was a little <laughs> late for the um, podcast taping because I totally lost track of the time because I've got five kids in the house who are all dealing with medical issues. And they're all under age. Uh, well, the oldest has just turned 12. There's a 12, a 10, a 7, a 3, and a 1. And oh, my so, goodness uh, gracious. All different levels of doctors and all different levels of, uh, of issues. Uh, you know, we're trying to get an eye patch on the three-year-old, for example, right now, who uh, is cross-eyed. And uh, we're trying to train the, you know, bad eye, uh, the, the good eye to compensate for the bad eye. And every time we put the patch on, he rips the patch off and puts it in his mouth. So, Oh, no. Yeah, Wait, how go, old is that one? That three. 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 So okay. you go through a lot of patches in that period of time. Yeah. that's. And uh, we have uh, one, the uh, 10-year-old, who is actually Chica's younger brother, uh, Moise, if you read my book, Finding Chica. So you remember that Chica actually became an orphan when her mother gave birth to a baby brother and died during the childbirth. Well, this is the actual baby brother who's now 10 years old and unfortunately has developed a form of epilepsy. And so uh, he's up here and has been tested. Uh, but he also has, uh, shall we say, uh, a short attention span, if not full out ADHD. He has oh, a short right. attention span. And so him I took to the doctors and uh, he's all boy and he's bam bam you know incarnate he just can be he's stronger than i am i'm sure he can beat the hell out of me he you know, oh, can no. lift me he can put his arms around me and lift me up at age 10 in fact one oh, of my our goodness. one of our volunteers uses him to crack his back like a chiropractor no way. He's just to squeeze as hard as you can right there moise and he does so he is fearless and when he goes into a doctor's office it's just a new room for him to explore. And so he jumps up on the table and he starts banging on the walls like drums. And he starts, you know, uh, playing with all the equipment. And I'm so busy saying no, and they'll do that. And I was tending to the three-year-old and I turn around and he's gone. He's gone. He's not in the room anymore. So now I have to go out in the hallway and start walking. I thought he'd be in the hallway. He's not in the hallway. So I have to walk the hallway of this, you know, doctor's suite where they have different exams. Oh my goodness. And I go down the hallway and, I look in the examining room. He's in another patient's examining room with a family that has a kid. And he's standing behind the doctor, looking over the doctor's shoulder. And the family, <laughs> I see this expression on their face like, 
uh, is this Who's a medical this student? Kid? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he? And he's just listening in on, you know, and the doctor, I guess, didn't see him because he was behind him. And I had right. to walk in and apologize and say, I'm sorry. He doesn't, he just wandered off. They, I think they thought he was part of a very young medical team that was <laughs> like training. Doogie, Doogie Hauser. Yeah, yeah. The Haitian Doogie Hauser. <laughs> so every one of the kids presents a unique uh, challenge when you take them to the doctor. Nadi, our little one-year-old, has, when she first went to the doctor, everybody loved her. She was the sweetest kid and she trusted everybody and she loved everybody. And they said, this is just the most amazing child. Her disposition is just incredible. And the doctor, who of course has seen everything, pediatrician, he said, just wait, she's going to hate me very soon. And I said, why would she hate you? She loves everybody. You know, she's going to hate me very soon. Well, sure enough, after he gave her one vaccine. Oh, geez. The next time we came back, as soon as we went into that room, she started howling. I couldn't believe she remembered. It was months. She remembered. He walked in screaming. She started screaming. And she's not a screamer. She never reacts like that. But she remembered him. And so Jeez. now that has, that has turned into, you know, a big challenge to get there. And I'll, You have to, so, like, blindfold the kids so they don't know where they're going. Yes. Or <laughs> blindfold me and just ignore everything that's yes. happening and say, wake me up when it's over. But what, do, what did I want to relate to all of you about? Well, as, as always, and as always happened with Maury, you know, there was a lesson in almost everything that we, that we did and everything that we talked about and everything that we encountered. And one of, the, one of the things that I felt I always benefited greatly from my time with Maury and kind of becoming a student again in my late 30s was that it taught me to pay attention to little lessons that are around you all the time. And that you don't have to be in a classroom to uh, learn something. And in fact, there's there's learning time goes on all the time. um, And there's many great lessons and many little things. So in the course of a couple of days, I realized something about going to the doctor which is the theme of what I'm going to talk about in today's brief program. So going to the doctor is a, is a, is a time-honored tradition in American life, for sure. And we certainly remember the first time we had to go to the doctor, at least that we can recall, and how they tried to make us feel comfortable. And maybe after we were done, they gave us a lollipop if we were good. I always got a kick out of the fact that the dentist used to give you lollipops, which I, it was kind of like, I know, know. built in, uh, what do they call planned obsolescence? Yes. Uh, you know, when you, <laughs> when a road, you know, is going to wear out. So you'll get called back to fix it again. So it's planned obsolescence of your teeth. You'll have to come back for those cavities in no time. But uh, the doctors used to try to make you feel a little bit better. Uh, you know, some of them did. Some of them you just were afraid of. They'd stick the thermometer. It was always cold under your tongue. And they would, you know, take all these weird tests. Maybe they had to give you a needle. And so the whole experience of going to the doctor as a child is something that we've all gone through. And I watched these five different children go to the doctors at varying levels. And I realized in watching them that this lesson that I am referring to was that I was actually watching myself. But I wasn't watching myself as a child. I was watching myself as an adult. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. There were five different levels of reaction to the doctor. The most mature level was 
Knox. He's our oldest one at 12 years old. So Knox walked in. He's done this many times before. He knows he gets these injections in his arm and his leg. He knows the doctor. He kind of comes in. The doctor's happy to see him. He gives him a hug. He says, are you ready? Yes. Holds out his arm, takes a shot. Holds out his leg, takes a shot. Knox doesn't cry. He's a great kid. Nothing bothers him. He says, okay, we'll see you next time. He has slaps him a high five. He goes. Okay, that was one reaction. Right. Second reaction was our 10-year-old, Moise, who I mentioned. He's all brimming with confidence and brio. He's got nothing to worry about. You know, he's curious about everything. Uh, the doctor wants to make him do this exercise. He puts his arm up. He can do it. Like this exercise, his arm up. He can do it. No big deal. He's proud of the fact that he's strong. He's not worried about anything at all. Um, not nervous. Not at all. Just kind of, you know, curious about everything that's going on. And, uh, wondering when he can go home. Mm -hmm. The third was our seven-year-old. Her name is Ziggy. Now, Ziggy has been to the doctor before. And the first time she went to the doctor, she was very trusting and all that, but then she started to get these shots. And so now she's had enough shots that she kind of knows how they feel, but you can tell that she's been fooled. You know, she was brought to the doctor one time thinking everything was going to be okay. And then they hit her with the shots. Oh, boy. So she has a look of distrust on her face. Right. She's all, right. She's all right with what she knows. As long as you don't introduce anything new. So if we say, okay, Ziggy, remember you had this before? Yeah. So we're just going to do that again. Okay. But if you come and you say, now we have one more. No, no, no. You know, like, uh, there's, there's okay. something new. There's something new. There's something that's been added. No, no, no. She starts to back up, back up. Then it's, yeah, then it's unknown. Right. And the unknown. The three-year-old. The three-year-old is afraid. Uh, but he hasn't been there enough to the doctor. His name is Bradley. He hasn't been to, enough to the doctor to, you know, necessarily freak out, but he's afraid. Everything the doctor is doing, he's looking at, why are you doing that? He lifts his arm, makes him do, the, do this with your arm. The look on his face, why, why do I have to do that? Make this thing with your leg. Why do I have to do that? The doctor picks up a instrument. What's that in your hand? You can see it on his face. It's total distrust. It's fear. He's just not sure what to panic about yet, but he's ready. He's an inch away. You do one wrong thing, he's going he's gonna to explode. Oh, my goodness. That's the three-year-old. <laughs> and the one-year-old, Nadi, she gets into the doctor's office, and she just starts howling. It does, <laughs> she doesn't, she, just the fact that she has to be there, she's howling, and she knows this is not going to be good. I don't care how you spin it. I don't care what you tell me. I don't care about lollipops. This is bad. Ah, wah, 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 mama, dada, mama, dada. Okay. Nadia is who I wish I could be if I wasn't an adult and I had to be a different way. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think I'm naughty inside. <laughs> so, okay. So, Mitch, you say, so what have you taught us that's so eye-opening? I mean, you've just described five of your kids and their different ways and approaches to the doctor. Right. Now, 
I told you that I had sort of a deja vu when I was with the kids, but it wasn't the deja vu of how I behaved with doctors when I was a kid. Oh, sure. You know, I went through all those various things, but honestly, I can't remember much as a kid anymore. You know, I, you remember maybe the first time you saw a doctor or a dentist, that's it. You know, anyone who says once they hit their sixties, if they say they really remember how they felt when they were five, it must've been a traumatic traumatic event because a lot has happened since. However, I do remember how I have reacted as an adult. And as I kind of put my life into perspective on a, on a kind of sheet of paper, I realized that I was watching my adult self go to the doctor in various stages in the five kids that I saw. So when I was in my twenties, I was like Moise, our 10 year old. What on earth could possibly be wrong? I'm powerful. I'm strong. I come in. I'm like, what do you got in here? That's interesting. That's a nice piece of equipment. What's that about? You know, this is fun. Let's get this over with. I got games to play, you know? Yes. And that was me during my 20s and, you know, into my 30s. In my 30s, you know, when you start going for a physical, I start telling you to come do this or that. I was Knox. Okay, it's a doctor. I know what it is. I get the shot. You give the shot here. We do the physical. You stick the finger up the butt. You know, you look down the throat. You know, hopefully never at the same time. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. I get this test. I get my blood test. My blood test is going to be fine. You know, I know what it is or whatever. You know, okay. High five. See you next year. You know, get out of here. I'm Knox. Okay, that's my thirties. And I get into my forties. And you start getting tested and they start telling you, you got to watch out for this. You got to get a colonoscopy. You know, uh, did your parents have heart issues? Did anyone in your family have cancer? And you start to become, you know, you have a little bit of a high number on something in your blood test, whatever. And I start to become Ziggy, our seven-year-old. Okay, I'm all right coming to the doctor and doing what we always do. You take those tests that you always take, and they always come out good. Mm-hmm. But what's with the new stuff? Why, why do I have to have anything new? You know, uh, why do I have to have that test? Why are you going to give it? And if it's new, and it's a way, we just want to see, we just want to test you to see if, uh, you know, we're just looking to see if, my, you know, we don't think that that little spot is, 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 uh, is malignant, but we just want it to, whoa, 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 whoa. You go, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. You're like, Ziggy, I don't want that. I don't want that. That's new. I don't want that. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morf. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Then into my 50s, 
after having some medical issues, you know, and some, you know, somewhat serious medical issues and having them resolved. Now that in my fifties, I became like Bradley, the three-year-old. Everything makes me suspicious. I'm just waiting. I go in. Why are we doing this test? What did it say? Well, is that better than last time? Well, what do you mean the numbers are high? Why are the numbers high? Well, how bad is high? Well, what do you mean you might we come back in six months? Why do I have to come back in six months? What, what did that MRI say that they were, you know, uh, uh, should, should return in a year? Why do I have to return in a year? There was a question about everything. Everything was, was on the verge of fear. Yeah. And then finally, get into your 60s. Now I'm becoming more and more like naughty. Oh. <laughs> if I hear from a doctor, I just want to cry because it can't be good. You know, there's got to be something bad. And, and I suspect that that's how I'm going to be now from now until my last days. Oh, I'm just, nothing's going to be good about going to doctors. Doctors are, are going to scare me. And I'm going to always think, you know, something bad is going to happen when I go into that doctor's office. They're going to tell me something. They're going to reveal something. I'm going to say something and uh, it's going to be bad. So let's start crying now. You know? Yeah. Like not. Let me just cry now ahead of time because you think about it. Uh, when a child like that cries, bursts into tears and nothing has happened, what is it that she's actually doing? She's not crying because of something the doctor has done to her. She's crying because of what she thinks is going to happen. She is, she is lamenting what she thinks is about to happen. And I have become that way too. I have started anticipating trouble with every doctor's appointment, even if it's a physical that's just scheduled. I'm saying when this blood work comes back, they're going to find something. If it's a colonoscopy that's scheduled, I'm so nervous until I get the report that, you know, everything was okay. The assumption is like Nadi's assumption. By virtue of the fact that I am going, something bad is going to happen, which is not the way it was when I was younger. I was like, you know, watch me, watch me ace this test. Watch yeah. me ace this blood test. Watch this cholesterol come back. He's going he's gonna to go, oh, my God, you know, for someone your age, your cholesterol is so good. Because I have certain markers in my physical medical life that I'm always good at. You know, I always have low blood pressure, low cholesterol. And so doctors who haven't dealt with me before and they test, I'm always like, watch this. You know, he's gonna, yeah, you get wow, excited. Yeah, numbers, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do well. But that's all gone now. Like now it's just something that they're going to find something bad. I don't want to go to a new doctor. I don't want to see, just like Nadi doesn't want to see that guy. I don't want to see a new face because they're going to tell me something bad. And it occurs to me that, you know, we are sort of, as Maury once said to me, inside me is every age I've ever been. And when it's time for me to behave in a certain way, I can recall behaving that way because it's inside me. Now, he was saying it in a good way. Like, you know, I know how to be a child when it's appropriate to be a child. I know how to be a empathetic you know, young adult when I have to talk to young, other young adults, you know, but when it's time for me to be a, a patient, wise, 78-year-old man, I can be that too because I have that too. But I think mm -hmm. that also works against us. You know, inside us is sort of every fearful age that we've been as well. And you've heard about how when people get older, they revert, they revert Yes, to childhood. To, yes. Well, not necessarily all the way to childhood, but but they revert to their their trends. So mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. tended to be grumpy 
you know, grumpy middle-aged adult or whatever, when they're really old, they're going to be grumpier, you know, if they tended to be sort of kind and open-hearted in their old age, they kind of tend to be that same way. We, we sort of go to the, go to the things that sort of dominated us. And so if we were fearful of the doctors at different stages, then that's probably going to come back to us. And so, um, in watching these kids, I had this great education about how, wow, you know, I've gone through every one of those stages as a child. And now I've gone through them as adult backwards, backwards. Yeah. I'm going backwards and uh, I, I'm working my way back to being that one-year-old who just wails. You're going to be naughty. <laughs> at seeing the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a, uh, you know, this week I, I have, it, as we're recording this for tomorrow, um, I have shingles. I just got diagnosed with shingles. Oh, sorry to and, hear that. And it's terrible. It's a horrible thing, right? I was not expecting it. I felt this like pain on my back, like my skin hurt. And then I started going, uh-oh, I think I know. Because I've always had cold sores like since I was a little kid. And so I know how like your whole face can hurt a yeah. little bit. And I was like, it feels like a cold sore, but on my back. Uh -huh. And so I let it go for like two, three days. And then one day out comes that rash on my stomach last Friday or Thursday. Thursday, my, I sent it to my doctor. She says, come over at seven in the morning. And then she looks at it and then she gives me the diagnosis and, and a swear word came out of my mouth. <laughs> and, yeah. um, um, like I was like, oh, no, I'm supposed to be heading to Detroit on Saturday night. You know, and she's like, well, you can still go to Detroit. You're not, you know, like it's covered. You're not contagious, you know, and but they put me on antivirals and I'm, I'm scared of medicine. Like some people are more, naughty as scared of the doctor or whatever. Right, right. I'm scared of pills. I'm scared of when I take this pill in one hour, what's going to happen to me? Uh, like yeah. that's my biggest fear in the whole world. So I, I'm not scared necessarily about doctors or even the diagnosis necessarily, but I never want to make it better because I never want to take the medicine to make it. You don't it. want to take the medicine. So that's interesting. <laughs> and were you always that way? Uh, no. And I don't know where it happened, like why it happened. So I literally can't read the pamphlets that come with anything. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I say a prayer. I put the pill in front of me. I say a prayer over my pills. I take the pill. I say another prayer and I, wow. and I, and I just hope that like, I wait, I stare at the clock. I'm like, do I feel anything? Is there anything happening to me? Am I getting one of those 25 side effects that they mention on every TV commercial? Wow. You know? Um, so, but fortunately, knock on wood, it's four days into my medicine and, you know, so far so good. Knock on yeah. wood again. You look I didn't fine. Want to say I it. never would have noticed anything. Is uh, Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm holding up for the uh, show here, you see. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. When it's All done, right. I'm going to go take a nap, but okay. <laughs> it just makes me tired, like mostly. And I'm having pain, but I'm taking pain stuff too. So, right. Which you know. also makes you tired. Well, Which makes you, so yeah, I'm just so afraid of pills. <laughs> That's, that would make perfect sense and fit into this model if you had been afraid of pills as a kid at some point. And maybe I was. That, oh, okay, because the fact that you've developed this late in life is kind of, I'm trying to say that we're, we're all sort of yeah. inside of us is, is our whole medical, our whole visit to the doctor experience is inside us somewhere and is likely to repeat itself uh, in some shape or form, perhaps in my case backwards. I don't know, in your case, it's going like in a whole new direction maybe. But uh, it, it, we never we never really uh, stop going to the doctor. And and I think 
the difference is that there is an age at which you bring mortality in with you oh, to yes. the waiting room. Oh, but, yes. And when you don't, before that happens, it's an annoyance. It's a obligation. Maybe it's a chance to show off or get some curious questions answered. But it's not a worry because you don't right. think as a 20-year-old, you're going to go to the doctor and they're going to tell you something that's going to say, you know, your life could be shortened as a result of this um, or even forever changed because you just don't think that that's going to happen when you're that age. But there's a certain age and we've passed it by which then when you go to the doctor, you're like, please, just no bad news. Please, no bad news. You know, please don't tell me something that, I, you know, well, we saw something on the, you know, we all live in fear of the bad diagnosis. And that's, yeah. that's when, you know, that's the difference between being in your 20s or 30s or being in your 50s, 60s, 70s, that when you go to the doctor, you live in fear of, of what they're going to say. When you're younger, you live in fear of what they're going to give you. So Nadi's afraid of a needle and Knox is afraid of a needle. You know, Ziggy's afraid of a needle. I'm not afraid of any needles. They can give me whatever they want. Give me a needle that'll make me better. I'm afraid of what they're going to tell me. And right. this is the difference. It becomes a mental thing about, you know, don't tell me that I'm going to have to live with something uh, for the rest of my life that's going to be difficult. Or don't tell me that in a matter of years, I'm likely to develop this or likely to develop that. That's what we're afraid of. Yes, but I'm kind of a naughty, right? Because I'm afraid of the pills. She's afraid of the needle. Yeah, you're a little bit more naughty. Uh, yeah. You <laughs> so are. It's a, it's a little, little straight up naughty. Yeah. But I remember, you know, when I was in fourth grade, and this is why I wonder why I don't revert to this yet. Maybe I'm heading there. Maybe that's coming. But I broke my leg in the fourth grade. And this is before, you know, it was the Wild West out there. <laughs> When I was in the fourth grade, you go in, it wasn't like all fancy braces and stuff like that. The doctor literally took my leg in the thing. They put a, a, a one of those bit, tongue depressor bit. things in my mouth. And then the guy just took my leg and spun it to crack it back into place. And then I had to still have a cast for nine months, whatever, but it was a cast. Now they just, they put like metal in your leg and you're walking in a month. Right. I was gone. I was out for nine months. So, um, but I, re I will never forget that pain. I will never forget screaming. I will never forget him like saying, don't cry. There's babies in the hospital. What? Well, I yeah. was a baby. Like yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. And he said to me, don't cry. There's babies in the hospital. What does that mean? Yeah, really. And so that lives with you though, right? Like, yep. so now when I get a shot or something, I always hear, don't cry. There's babies in the hospital. Don't cry. Wow. Wow. Don't cry. How old were you? I was in fourth grade. So that's like eight? Yeah. You're about eight years old. Wow. So you're still a little kid then, don't right? Cry. Jeez. So I think that you're right though, when you say that uh, you're part of everything you ever were, because I think that's still in me. You know, I don't want to complain. I don't want to say anything. And heaven forbid you scream in your room, you know, because there's babies in the hospital. Don't cry. Like, that was such a weird thing to say well, to a kid. <laughs> well, the point is that our our cycle with with doctors and medication is 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 already in us. And I guess it's up to us to sort of write a new chapter or say, well, I'm going to be different this way. And Maury had to make a, you know. He had to make a stand on the steps of that building when he was diagnosed with ALS. And he said, oh, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm mm -hmm. not going to let this define me. And, uh, you know, I can cry over it. I can be sad over it, but it's not going to define me. It's not going to make me who I am. And 
that I think is our ultimate weapon that we can't protect against what may be coming down the pike medically, but we can protect against our dignity and our identity. And we can determine how much we're going to let whatever that is determine who we are. And Maury did not let ALS determine who he was. He used it to become a better version of himself. And um, he he used it like if it was a stick, he used it like a pole vault. And Mm. he kind of pole vaulted over over the uh, over the bar that was supposed to beat him. And we can do the same thing. Now, I, you know, I may be sounding more courageous than I am, but those of you who are facing diagnoses or going to doctors, um, keep that kind of in mind. You know, no matter what they say, it doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to be like it is for Nadi, where Don't be a naughty. All, all over that moment, <laughs> there is nothing else. You can't right. offer. When Nadi starts crying like that, when she sees a doctor, it doesn't matter if you show her an iPad, a phone, a lollipop, uh, if Barney himself were to walk in <laughs> in all his purple glory, Aww. she would still be crying. Poor because thing. all she is in that moment is her and the doctor. We don't have to be uh, imprisoned that way. And uh, that's something else we could learn from the kids in our lives and their doctor's visits. So I guess we'll call this episode a visit to the doctor you know uh young and old and uh and and we find out that in many ways they are one and the same yep that's going to wrap it up for today's podcast we sure hope you enjoyed spending a little time with us and we hope to be back a little bit more regularly now uh although i I might throw some of the haiti kids on next week's (gasps) program because the 10 of them are going to be in the house i got five coming tonight from college i already have oh my gosh so maybe we'll just have a powwow with some of them that would be awesome learned yeah and that would be interesting oh i would love that everything everybody would tuesdays with the uh tuesdays with yes with with haiti there you go uh until we see you next week lisa goich produces this program and we thank her for that Check out our website, wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. And until then, this is Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>